0: Okay, how's it going, everybody? I hope you're all doing well. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, so in this episode, I thought I'd uh, very briefly try to say something about the close connection between existentialism and art or artists. And um, I think the French painter Cézanne might be illustrative here. But uh, before I get to him, let's explore this broader question. Namely, why is there such a close connection between the existentialist and the artist? Well, I think it's fundamentally because existentialism emphasizes freedom, and you might say that that's what being a genuine artist is really all about. It's to be free and creative in each word, and in each stroke, and in each sequence of notes. I mean, Sure, we're all born into a certain culture and world. No one can avoid that. But what artists strive for, at least in part, is to rise above their particular situation and to transform what they're doing into something new. And um, not only that, but artists, genuine ones, can never be completely satisfied with themselves. They know deep down that that would be artistic death. Complacency and self-certainty and uh, repetition is the beginning of the end. They need to live in perpetual doubt. Well, so too for the existentialist. The existentialist is forever on the way to what they will become. In fact, deep down, they know they just are becoming. Right up until death, that is so if they've uh, solidified into some permanent role or identity and if they haven't renewed themselves in each moment then there's some sort of a uh, self-deception going on some kind of death so all this is why existentialists are so close to and admire artists they don't see them as as weird or as a uh, as marginal or as Immature as so many of us do. No, in a way, they see them as the only ones truly living, or living authentically. They're truly living in the sense that they're some of the only people who don't avoid the burden of freedom. And this is definitely not the case for most of us, the existentialist would say. No, What most of us do is we play safely by the rules of the game and we capitulate to a mechanized world. And so because of this, we get to avoid making real hard decisions. You know, speaking of being in a perpetual doubt and not playing by the rules of the game, as I mentioned at the outset, one artist that comes to mind here is the French painter and uh, complete loner, Cezanne. Actually, uh, this is someone the French existentialist Merleau Ponty talked about in an essay he wrote called Cezanne's Doubt. So what he describes there is Cezanne's perpetual anguish in the face of living up to his freedom as an artist. He talks about how Cezanne constantly drove ahead with his paintings, but all the while completely unsure and how he would have rather failed than resort to doing anything traditional or derivative. Sometimes, says uh, Merleau-Ponty, it'd even take him up to a hundred tries just to complete a simple still life, and over a hundred and fifty tries to finish a portrait. Actually, he was he was so unsure of himself that sometimes he wondered if his style of painting was just ultimately due to his bad eyesight. But um I want to say something more about how Cezanne was trying not to be derivative in his work because because this is something Ponty emphasizes. So what he says about Cezanne is this. He says that he speaks as the first man spoke and he paints as if no one had ever painted before. Wow. I mean think about that to paint like the first man spoke. So, so here, what Merleau Ponty is trying to say is that what Cezanne did is he, is he simply executed on how things appeared to him without any resorting to precedent or expectation or even a uh, conception. And uh, here, among other things, I always think of how he uh, often distorts or or falsifies perspective. Anyway, this is truly getting something from nothing. Right, and just like the first person to utter a word didn't know if it'd end up uh being anything more than a shout in the wind, well, Cezanne, too, in his original attempt, couldn't be sure of what that work would amount to or mean or whether it would come to life for other people or even reach them. I mean, let's face it, it doesn't take an art historian to see that much of what he left us with to put it simply like Merleau-Ponty does, is very strange. His paintings make us wonder if they've been, um, if they've been created by another species. I mean, it seems like what Cézanne sees when he looks out at nature are are objects altogether out of time, or objects free of any, um, of any human association. It is weird and fascinating. But Again, to get back to my point, that is the sort of uncertainty by which he chose to work and live. But that takes a whole lot of fortitude and courage and sacrifice, right? And all this is what existentialism celebrates and demands. According to the existentialist, what real art is then, just like in life, is really a succession of revolts. It's to create. It's to be subversive. It's to act in freedom, and all the while to keep resilient. Okay, well, I just want to briefly mention one more thing here. So what makes this connection between existentialism and art so close is not just this particular emphasis on freedom that I've been talking about. It also has to do with this It has to do with the fact that according to the existentialist, and for many artists, artistic creation is not just about passive contemplation, but it's also about inciting movement and change in the world. I mean, uh, something like this is certainly the existentialist Jean-Paul Sartre's view. So, when he talks about the, the function of prose writing, for example he thinks of it as a form of action speech is action he says to write is to engage with the world it's to enlighten and to uh, to help people so the artist's freedom then is not just the sort of negative freedom to be to be left alone uninvolved and to just uh passively contemplate it's also one that connects us with others and so And so ultimately one where we must be held responsible, responsible for the direction of the world. After all, as uh, as Sartre says, words are loaded pistols. So, well, if we're going to write, if we're going to uh, fire, then we must do it like a man and aim at targets and not fire at random like a child.